Officially. So perhaps I should be pressing record a little bit earlier. So now that we are officially recording. Welcome to the GNT sessions. I am Tess Crawley and my co-host Gerda Muller. Uh, we are both psychologists, practice owners, business owners, entrepreneurs and general chatterboxes. So welcome. Uh, this is our first episode back together for whoa, nearly, nearly a couple of months. It's been a while um, because as many of you know I've been somewhat unwell um, and uh, I'm tentatively venturing back into the public space as my voice gradually recovers. Uh, and it's fun times. <laughs> it's fun times. It doesn't take much to get Gerda yes. and I giggling, so that's always a good thing. That's always a good thing. Yeah. All right, Gerda, yes. what are we talking um, about today? We, we're just going to chat today. I think we're going to be talking about whatever comes to mind. Probably should be keeping well, an eye also on questions in case we get them. That's probably uh-huh. another, another thing. Yeah to be watchful for. Um, but overall, we are, I guess, sharing some similarities and differences around what's going on in our uh, separate necks of the wood. Um, Gerda's in Queensland. I'm in Victoria, um, in Melbourne, in Victoria. And as most people will know, uh, we are, I don't know if it's been officially stated that we're having a second wave of coronavirus um, here in Melbourne. We have a couple of hot spots, uh, so very specific um, suburban areas of Melbourne where there are outbreaks, um, so not the whole of Victoria by any means. Um, But it's got people asking questions. I'm noticing already this morning um, some Victorian um, private practitioners asking, should we be going back to full telehealth? Um, Some people never stop doing telehealth. Some people never stop doing face-to-face. Um, and of course, the answer is whatever you feel right doing is right for yeah. you. Uh, that is the right answer if it's right for you. Um, but things in Queensland are what getting back to normal. How are things going with um, with your teams? Uh, well, I must say first and foremost, uh, I'm very fortunate that where I live, as far as I know, we have not had one case. But I am living rurally, of course. Uh, which is really awesome. I mean, in Brisbane, it's the same. At, at my practice, some people have been doing telehealth and others haven't. Because we've got contractors, they get to decide how they provide the service. So that was up to them. Um, and we supported whatever decision they made. We also you know, made recommendations to them, but ultimately it was their choice. So we had quite a number that decided to do telehealth. And then we had also quite a number that decided to you know, continue with face-to-face appointments, of course, still adhering to all the social distancing, wiping down stuff. We've got cleaners coming in lots of times, like more than double the normal amount of time and all of that type of stuff that gets done. Um, In terms of more clinicians going back, we've probably had around two that were previously telehealth come now back into the office, Mm. which is perfectly fine. We also give clients choice. So sometimes we would have clinicians at the practice, but the clients are still choosing to do telehealth. Of course, that's perfectly fine as well. I think most people need to make this decision themselves. It's a very personal decision, which when it comes to stuff that impacts your health, and, and that of your immediate extended family and our community and all of that type of stuff. So obviously, you know, we want to support that as much as possible. 
but yeah, slowly but surely plans are being made to get back to the normal or as much as yeah. possible, as much as we can. For example, Halo, uh, practice management, my other business, we were completely uh, remote. So we did that very early in the piece, all our people working from home, set them up in that way. And now we're looking at actually getting new office space because we just had like month to month office space. So we could just drop that after that first month. And now we're looking for new office space to slowly start transitioning people back again, but very tentatively because look what just happened in Victoria. Right. And, it, and, and that's I think it. That's it. That's right. We, we expected that there's going to be a second wave. There's always been talk that something like this could happen. That's why yeah. we haven't rushed into anything. Um, although we want to rush, we want to get back to normal. It's, but it's, that's it's not reality. It's not reality. And it's what, you know, Dan Andrews, Premier here in Victoria is saying, you know, just because we want it to be over doesn't make it so. And that we have always anticipated that there would be outbreaks and theoretically a second wave. I saw um, this morning, um, you know, the talk about in America, they're quite fearful. It was a post actually, I think, by a doctor who was saying he's quite fearful about um, medical staff burning out because they're in the middle of summer over there and they're quite fearful about what's going to happen in wintertime um, when they get to where we're at now in terms of, you know, midwinter with flu and coronavirus still around. Um, one step at a time. But, um, you know, it could, what's happening in Melbourne could happen anywhere. You know, we've got a couple of outbreaks caused by, um, you know, cross-family transmissions. So, you know, people who've been socialising, because restrictions were easing and because people were desperate to get together and social, we are social animals, of course we want to spend time together. Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, interestingly, and, and not linked to the Black, Life, Black Lives Matters protests, which is an important, um, you know, important mm. thing that I think a lot of people have mistaken that that's what, what's caused the outbreaks here in Victoria, but not mm. so. It's mm. actually families getting together and someone mm. within those family groups thinks that you know, you're having coronavirus, spreading it around. Yeah. You know, for years and years, um, when I was still living down in Brisbane, I had my GP, Dr. Kuma, and he was the first GP that I got when I moved to Australia mm. and I stayed with him for many, many years, just most amazing doctor. And, and he always, uh, you know, encouraged me to have the flu shot because he always said, Gerda, you're a helping professional. You work with people every day. You see what at least six clients a day mm. need your flu shot. And he always said that you need to get your flu shot before Easter weekend. After Easter weekend, it's too late. That was his thing. He said, because what happens Easter weekend? Families get together, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Families congregate. And that's when most people pick up the bug, right? Mm -hmm. When most people get the flu is as a result of Easter weekend contact, mm -hmm. which just like makes so much sense. So for yeah. me over the years, that's always been like my marker. I need to get the flu shot before that weekend or it's not going to count. I guess it still will help, right? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was the principle of it, mm -hmm. that when we get together with close friends and family where you're going to sit on grandpa's lap. Your grandchild's going to sit on grandpa's lap. You're going to be in close proximity, cooking maybe in the kitchen with, with the other people or around the barbie. You're going to spend a whole day together, you know, or a whole evening. And it's that close proximity for an extended period of time that causes stuff like this to, mm. to spread. 
That's right. Yeah. And that, and that, that's actually, you know, that's right. I mean, one of the messages that we've been getting here in Victoria is, you know, it's not from going to the supermarket. It's not from going to the shop or the, the park or, um, you know, going for a walk. That's not how this outbreak has happened. It's happened from families getting together. Um, and unfortunately, a couple of people going to work when they were unwell. Well, they had yeah. symptoms, um, but mostly because of family gatherings. And uh, uh, I can't remember who was saying it. Basically, you know, the big the big message for people to get is you're not going to catch this from strangers. You're not going to spend yeah. enough time in close proximity with strangers overall. You're mostly going to catch this from other family members. So this is a message yeah. about protecting protecting others. And, and I think also, you know, in terms of vaccinations, once there is a vaccine available for coronavirus, I have the same belief mm. about you know things like the flu shot mm. when we are health professionals and when we are in any we're mm. in a public facing role where we spend a lot of time face to face with with members of the public i actually think it's our responsibility to, that we have those vaccinations so that we're not potentially mm. passing things on to other people um yeah so exactly. hopefully you know hopefully before the end of the year they'll, they'll mm. well i don't know I don't know when there's going to be a vaccine, but, you know, we're all hanging out for that, I'm sure. But we've got school holidays have just started. So today's, you know, we've just got two weeks of school holidays in the middle of an outbreak. So we'll see what comes. (laughs) My kids have got three. They've already been on a whole week of school Mm. holidays. Uh, They were very happy when I said, mummy's going to be on a podcast with bunch of tests. I, I, could, I still call you Tazzy Tess, right? Although you know, okay. but then they know who I'm talking about, yeah. uh, right? So no interruptions, and they go, yes, a full hour of uninterrupted iPad time, right? That's it. My kids love it too. They absolutely love it. They love it. Um, yeah. I think I think um, one of the one of the things I was I was going to mention too about uh, you know just talking about our teams and things and the experience. I've got this interesting scenario. Of course, I'm in Melbourne, but my team is in Launceston. So, um, you know, most people know I had two practices: one in Hobart, one in Launceston. Sold the Hobart one, which is doing well. Which never and the Hobart practice never stopped offering face to face. So they had a mixed model um, and the Launce- my Launceston team, when I say my, I call them my Launceston team, but they're actually quite spread out. So I have admin and a psychologist in Launceston. I've got a social worker based in Bishano on the East Coast and a social worker based in St. Helens on the East Coast. And then my practice manager, Lindy, is based in Hobart and I'm here in Melbourne. So we're, we're very much a geographically mixed business. Yeah. Um, yeah. We went to full telehealth very early on. Um, and are still on full telehealth. Tassie hasn't had any cases for over 40 days now. Um, and the plan for my team is to return to face-to-face or to continue offering telehealth. We've always offered telehealth as an option, but to continue offering the option, but availability of face-to-face from next month. Um, and we will obviously keep a close eye. I do, I do still keep a very close eye on what's happening in Tassie in case there's any changes. But... Um, mm. See, so they're 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 now champing at the bit to get back into into face to face. They they were hesitant for a while, and I completely understood that. But they're now champing at the bit to get back in the face of people, because it's why we do what yeah. we do, isn't it? Helping people and being it social creatures. It is. Mm-hmm. It is exactly. Mm. And, I, and and I guess all this talk telehealth, flu shots. Mm viruses i guess it brings up the whole topic of our health right i mean you started talking about this just randomly before we came on in terms of 
Yeah. All of this is all these red flags, right? In terms of going, uh, maybe it's time to spend more time looking after our personal health, um, mm. you know, because it's so important. And, and yes. you've just experienced that, right? I'm still experiencing that. Yeah. So, um, so like everybody else, I sort of, I noticed right at the start of coronavirus, I noticed um, mm. that I would get this really sore throat and I, I'd do the, have I, got, have I got coronavirus? And then I'd realise it was Wednesday, right? And Tuesdays are my big talking day. And it would always be on a Wednesday morning that I'd notice I had a sore throat. So I started passing it off as, oh, that's just the Wednesday sore throat thing. Mm. And then it gradually got worse and worse to the point that um, I started having difficulty swallowing and mm. um, all sorts of stuff going on. So mm-hmm. um, was forced really to go and get that checked out. Now, thankfully that happened because what then was revealed was that well first of all I've got a weakened vocal cord I'm now working with a speech pathologist Mm. to get that sorted out um no nasties in my throat nothing to be worried about just a you know like a weakened muscle Mm. that you need to build the strength back up in Mm. but a series of blood tests also revealed that I'm seriously anemic so I would never have picked that up because April was such an intense month for everybody. And I remember Mm. April distinctly because it was backwards and forwards with Medicare, so much uncertainty, Mm. not knowing what was happening with coronavirus, not knowing what was happening with lockdown. Um, Everyone was in a a mess. And um, it was like from the 6th of April when I think the COVID um, item numbers for Medicare were released Mm. through to something like the 24th of April uh, when it was... The, the rules around COVID-19 item numbers were relaxed. That intensity in those couple of weeks in terms of the amount of support that I was giving to people, the amount of stress a lot of people were feeling. Mm. When we came out of that, I was still feeling really fatigued and um, was passing it off as coronavirus stress. Everybody was telling me, we talked about this on the podcast, you know, everybody was talking about how exhausted mm. they were. Everyone was talking about how they couldn't sleep. Um, it was a really intense time. Um, thankfully, I found a fabulous GP here in Melbourne who um, mm. insisted I have some blood tests and that's how we discovered the anemia. And um, so I'm in the middle of having iron infusions at the moment to fix that. But if it hadn't mm. been for the throat issue, <laughs> uh, I would never have had the blood test, would never have discovered the anemia and would have gone on assuming Oh, it's just coronavirus mm. stress. Everyone's everyone's corona tired. Everyone's corona stressed out. Yeah. Um, me too. And I wouldn't mm. have looked into it. So what I'm mm. grateful for is that since talking publicly about this, I mentioned this to you earlier, since talking publicly mm. about this, you know, I've had a number of business owners and health professionals contact me t- telling me, thank you, you've actually prompted me to go and get my health checked. Um, mm. and, a, and a bunch of those people have discovered that they had either iron deficiencies or other vitamin deficiencies mm. and are getting those treated as well. So I think it's timely. Mm. Yeah. I'm doing a series of posts at the moment of things that using the change of financial year to think about a whole bunch of things, not just your tax, okay. but think about all the important relationships to your business and so on and so on. And one of the things we need to be thinking about is our health, but also how you know, if our health fails and we own a business and our health fails, what happens? Like, what have we got in place? What's our plan B? Um, I've spent 
like you, I've spent, you know, a good couple of, well, a number of years mm. building my business so that if I got hit by a truck tomorrow, the business mm. would continue mm. and that's fine. Um, but so many of us who rely on, so many mm. business owners and practice owners who rely on themselves to be the major mm. revenue source, I think it's time to be thinking about your health, make sure you're getting it addressed, make sure you're identifying anything that needs fixing, but also look at mm. your insurances. Make yeah. sure you've got your income protection insurance up to date. Make sure you've got business expenses insurance up to date mm. uh, and so on. You know, look at all the life insurance, whatever. Make sure mm. you're getting all those things checked on an annual basis. I think it's really important. Um, mm. I joke that every year on my birthday, the very first phone call I get without fail, not, <laughs> not my mother, not my nana, my insurance broker rings me every year on my birthday right. and he's always the first to call me. Um, yeah. And that he uses my birthday as, a, as an opportunity to review. And I'm not going to talk yeah. to him on my birthday about insurance, but, you know, it makes me make a time <laughs> later to talk to him <laughs> about my insurance. Um, yeah. yeah, we need to do these things. Yeah, it, it's so important, right? It's so important. And, I mean, <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say that I, for many years, were very, very bad with that stuff, right? Yeah. And I think what happens in mm -hmm. the early mm -hmm. stages when you're a solo practitioner or you're in that, that stage of building your business, it's always like I don't have the money to put towards something like that right now, right? It's not high up on the expense priority list of expenses like it's more important to pay for your fbos or your whatever right it's all all those other things mm -hmm. um so I, I guess i lived very dangerously in the start um mm -hmm. i guess to some extent i always thought that there was a bit of a safety net with income protection through super but we know that it's probably not enough and there's a lot of restrictions around the income protection that you get through your super and, and, and I've gone through that, that process and I will, well, I, I probably shouldn't, but I will admit that I still to, today don't have income protection, not specific, not for income protection. I still have it through my super, you know, life insurance, that's a different thing. Um, but I'm talking about from when you get hurt or whatever and you can't work or, you know, you, you have a diagnosis that requires some type of treatment. Um, I've never had it, but I'm in a fortunate position that I can still pay myself even, even though I don't work, right? Yes. But that's because I'm now at this level. That's of, right. mm. So it's like in the start at this level, I didn't have the money. Now I don't need to do it because I, I, I can still draw income from my practice whether I work or not. But there's all this in-between stages yes. where looking back, I took a really great risk not having that covered right and you know i can give a lot of excuses for that in terms of you know I, I always invest my my income back into the business you know i'm an immigrant so i didn't have any money all of that stuff but at the end of the day it's still a humongous risk that you take and we know risk. that's yeah that stuff happens to, every day mm, it's stuff I used happens to work every in, day. Um, it, it really does i used to work in vocational rehabilitation and i would see um, a lot of people who were on either workers' compensation or income protection uh, insurance programs. That was what was paying for me to be involved in their care. And I think the example that really stood out for me of why income protection insurance is so important. So I'm employed by my business. Um, yeah. And so, of course, I've got workers' compensation coverage. 
Um, but I remember uh, there was a fellow who was, I think he was either a painter or a plasterer or a builder, something mm. like that. And he injured his shoulder playing cricket, playing backyard cricket mm. one summer. Mm. Now, luckily, he had income protection insurance because workers' compensation would never have covered that um, yeah. because he wasn't on the work site when he was injured. And it really, it really got me thinking about the differences between income protection and um, um, workers' compensation, but also trauma cover. Um, I've, talk, I've talked before about how my husband is a cancer survivor and thankfully we had trauma insurance and he received a payout, which overall meant that yeah, he actually, uh, he had six months of treatment where he didn't work. Uh, he went back to work full-time, I think, too quickly, and he would admit that too. Um, and then um, hit a wall and had to pull back for a while. And luckily, you know, we had that payout there that gave him the flexibility to do all of that, to try going back to work, it, it not being ideal and then sort of tweaking how that looked. Um, I wouldn't like to have been in that same pressured situation of him going through treatment and also have financial pressure. And I think as business mm. owners, that's, mm. it's, it's stressful enough, you know, finding the mm. money to pay bills and all of those sorts of things. But if you can't work and you're the major revenue stream for your business mm. and you can't work, you think of, thinking of the stress that that puts on your family, that's the guilt trip. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, think that's, I think that's where, you know, it's, you really have to think like that. You have to think like mm. that. Um, mm. Yeah. But there's, I mean, there's so many insurances that you could have and you don't have to have them all. But I think a good broker, like someone that's yeah. recommended to you by someone who's yeah. happy with the broker that they've got, and then you can have yeah. a good conversation about what do you actually need, what do you not need and so on. Mm. Yeah, most certainly. It's, it's so mm. important. And, you know, when things happen, like you've just gone through, you know, your your health, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that we call it a health scare or, you know, to some extent, um, where something just stops you and say, listen here, you need to do something. And, you know, I, I went through that similarly last year with my um, very bad iron deficiency that I had as well. You don't want to wait for that to happen because mm. it could be so much worse, right, than an iron deficiency. Iron deficiency is very annoying. It's, it's awful. Right, but there's there's a lot more worse stuff that might yep. be able to stop you in dead in your tracks. So yep. it's really important to actually look at your health stuff and have those those iron studies, you know, full blood tests, but they need to specifically mm. ask for iron studies as well. Mm. Because the fact of the matter is that as business owners, right, and as as parents, um, you know, uh, we've got so many work roles. And we push ourselves so hard to work and work and work. And I very often relate it to what I see in our clinical clients, that it's so often that clients will come in for their first session, um, you know, and, and they give you a bit of a description uh, of, of, you know, how they're feeling. And I actually do this, this exercise in the second session once they've did, done the DAS, it's session one, and I'm ready to give them their feedback, their results, I will ask them to self-reflect and tell me, so where do you think does your depression score fall, for example, or your anxiety score? Is it normal, mild, moderate, severe, extremely severe? And nine out of 10 people will, will suggest that they're falling lower on 
on the symptom scale, right? Mm. Whereas the actual scoring results put them much higher. And that's because they just get so used to that this is what their life is like. This is anxiety is just part of my life. Depression is just mm. part of my life. And they get used to it. And I think the same happens with that feeling of exhaustion often when we've got so many life roles and so much you know, pressure and responsibility on us that you just start to think, well, I'm tired because I work so hard or I've got all this stuff on my mind yeah. and on my shoulders, yeah. right? So the day that I went in and got my test results, the doctor said, I can't believe you're sitting in the chair. Any other person with these, like they couldn't even read my results, it was so low, will be in bed. And I said, well, that can't be. I was at the gym this morning. Are you sure those are my <laughs> results? Right? That can't be. You need to double check. <laughs> But, um, but because I'm a creature of habit, I do what I, I know I need to do, right? And it's because I've just gotten used to, of course, I've got three kids, you know, sometimes I'm up at night and I do all these things. So of course, I'm going to be tired. So you just push through and you just push through and you go, oh, it will be better tomorrow or it will be better next week. And then before you know it, it's been another two, three months and it's still exactly That's the it. same. That's it. Um, mm. It's so insidious, these type of things. And I suspect, I'm not a doctor, but I suspect when you get to a certain age, right, you, you're also going to be more prone to these type of things because your body might not work as well at producing all this stuff that you need, right? Um, and maybe there are some health concerns that you've just been carrying along because you've written them off as not as important or I don't have the time to deal with it now and then it all starts to accumulate. So it is so important to make this time to put yourself first just for 20 minutes. Do a telehealth session if you need to start with or go and see your GP yeah. and get a full yeah. workup done. Because yeah. it could literally change your life. I think you're literally. right, and I think and I think that where we're lucky at the moment, I think taking advantage of the moment is really important, mm -hmm. and not just the story that I tell, using that as inspiration to check your own health, but also the fact mm -hmm. that we've got access to telehealth for any of these mm -hmm. sessions that you might need. Obviously, you can't have a blood test via telehealth, but you can have an initial consultation. Mm -hmm. You can have the conversation with your GP. All of that stuff can happen. I had a um, couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. I had an 8 a.m. GP appointment mm. on the telephone, a 9 a.m. speech pathology mm. session via Zoom, and then a 1 p.m. face-to-face, um, you know, throat yeah. specialist appointment. You know, all the, all the variations. So what, those three appointments were so easy to do three appointments mm. in a single day because I wasn't having to drive all over the place. You know, I, was yeah. able to, I only yeah. had to leave my house once to have three different yeah. appointments. So taking advantage of the situation we're in now where so many health professionals are offering services either via phone or telehealth, it's such mm -hmm. an important thing to, you know, yeah. not just offer it to your clients but also accept it for your own your own needs as well. And I think, yeah. um, you know, we do take on a lot. We take on a lot of responsibility. We live with a lot of risk with our businesses and our health mm -hmm. usually takes a backseat to all of that. And I think that that's... Mm. Not, not the best move. We really need to just stop and mm. check in with these things and get, you know, and sometimes we're, sometimes we're, let's be, let's be honest, sometimes we're avoiding because we're a little bit fearful of what the test results mm. might show us. Um, mm. But we just need to put on our grown-ups pants and make sure we're getting the nasty things ruled out just as much mm. as, you know, anything problematic yeah. ruled in, uh, you know. Yeah. Mm. Just get it done. 
and take it one step at a time. That's all you can do, right? And then you know. Mm-hmm. You, you can't fix anything if you don't know. That's so it. That, that's exactly that's right. just my yeah. philosophy. And, yeah. and also, you know, you work so freaking hard, you want to be able to enjoy the fruits of your labor as you get mm-hmm. older. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, exactly right that's one of the reasons I, I, I like to keep active and fit because I do not want to be old and not be able to get out of my chair I want to be able to do stuff right spend yep. time with my grandkids still walk on the beach and and be my body needs to be be as able and as ever including my mind so you want to yeah. want to enjoy when that time that's comes it. but you also need to enjoy life now of course but yeah. you know uh, I'm not ready to retire fully not sure if i will ever be highly doubted or always have my finger in the pie somewhere <laughs> I'm, I'm secretly taking bets on how many businesses you'll have before you die ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes yes i can probably start quite a, quite a few um just like today but mm. i won't i'm keeping myself very <laughs> contained very contained uh-huh. i must say absolutely loved last week so you would have seen um i had abby here my pa i had yes. chelsea and ash i was here. actually jealous oh, i was actually really jealous <laughs> not, not so much i mean jealous because you know it was it looked mm-hmm. so wonderful to have your team all come and yeah. hang out with you and and it did get me thinking about you know further down mm-hmm. the track you know further away from coronavirus because um well, no one's no one wants to come to Victoria at the moment. But not only that, you know, to go back to Tassie, my team would have to be quarantined for two weeks at the moment if they wanted to fly back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, further down the track, and I haven't even talked to them about this. But further down the track, yeah. you know, I'd love to have little get-togethers, you know, here little workshops oh. and all sorts of things. But oh. but also, you know, f- looking at what I do in this space oh. and you know the team I'd like to build. You know, I'm working with a few um, collaborators mm. at the moment who are all um remote and some of them I've never met you know the lovely artist Olivia who um is doing these animations for me um yeah. and I've got two more I've, I've just got two new ones and I'm one of them I'm going to release and the other one I'm saving for NADOC uh week yeah um and I love working with her so much we both get such a giggle out of what we're doing together we've never met yeah. um but we will one day yeah. but this idea of having a team that you know can bring together occasionally sit out in the sunshine and brainstorm mm-hmm. work together um I think one of the things for me um my husband keeps asking me if I'm stressed and uh, mm. <clears throat> I'm not stressed I'm frustrated because I will have slowly getting a bit better now um but through this period of health um, challenge I've um, I still have all the business ideas that I would have any other time but mm-hmm. no had, mm-hmm. had no energy to implement anything yeah. um, and had no voice to do live streams really or anything mm-hmm. like that so it was so incredibly mm-hmm. frustrating not being able to action the things that I mm-hmm. wanted to my books on hold for the moment and all of those sorts of things um, mm-hmm. knowing that I'll get to them is one thing but the frustration in the moment is the other mm-hmm. um, challenge mm-hmm. that I've been facing but I'm not known for my patience, Gerda. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Patience at all. <laughs> totally get it, but yeah. it, it will get done. That's what I always tell myself when I look That's at my to do list as well. You know, it will get done. It will get done. And yeah, it, it was so amazing having, you know, it, it, you can connect with people like we're connecting now, right? It's, it's yep. awesome. It's great. But actually having somebody also in your physical space, like from early in the morning, 
you know, even late till night and, and just chatting about everything. And it just, it's a different brain space. I think it's a different brain space being in, in, in the, in the presence of another human that you get along with and that you get excited yep. with and you share, share visions and dreams with, which was really awesome. And when they left, we, we've already got plans to meet up again. Right, because we said it, what we get done in that short space of time together as a collective is just it, it sees us through the next three months, and then we can just have those check-ins and all of that type of stuff. So it was was really really awesome. Yeah, I was even thinking of of going. Can I bring them to the Tessa's retreat when that's happening? Is there going to be space for that? Well, you know, the sad thing about the retreat, do you know what's cruel? Know. What's cruel about my midwinter retreat, which now is scheduled yeah. for mid-spring, um, is that, uh, you know, I'd sort of realised a while ago, like at the start of um, coronavirus, that having it in Tassie was probably unreasonable. Um, at that time, most of the attendees were based here in Victoria. And I thought, well, I'll have it in Victoria. I've got um, a fabulous hotel where I celebrated my birthday. Uh, I've got them all lined up. We're going to have it there. And now, of course, we've got the outbreak here in Victoria. Now I'm back to square one of like, mm. <laughs> and, um, but this morning on my Facebook memories, a live stream popped up and I actually sat and watched it. It was a live stream from a year ago when I was shopping for all the treats I was going to be providing last year's attendees yeah. and all the little lovely little Tasmanian um, delights yeah. that I was going to be providing for them. Um, and it kind of rubbed my nose in it this morning that I am really missing mm. that excitement mm. of the midwinter retreat. I do love midwinter mm. retreat. It's such a good thing to do. If we have it in Victoria, well, then the hotel and if coronavirus, or maybe we'll be, maybe this will be next year too, theoretically coronavirus will be gone. Um, yeah. you know, the Victorian hotel I've got in mind, numbers won't matter. Yeah. So if you wanted to bring the whole team, then that would be fine. But who knows what's going to happen between that's now and September because I certainly don't. And that's the thing, right? And, and even with, with Elevate, I was thinking, you know, we postponed it to, to March next year. Of course, we're having virtual Elevate the end of July. Yes. But then I keep on thinking, oh, should I have kept it for the end of this year? And it's like, it, it's like on and off, on and off. And the uncertainty would have just been awful. So, yeah, it, yeah. it's hard. It's yeah. hard. But well, hopefully basically, I think, I, and I think, I think um, you know, by August, uh, I will make a decision about whether or not the retreat, um, whether we have a virtual, do a similar thing with what you've done with, with Elevate where um, people who've paid for this year's retreat get next year's retreat um, in person and this year have a you know, virtual retreat for, for no additional cost, something like that. If I need to, then you know, that's a conversation I'll have with them. We'll come up with some crea creative solution. Um, what I do love is that the people who put their hand up to come, they're being very patient because obviously we're all in the same boat. So they're being yeah. very patient and um, yeah. waiting to see one day it'll happen. It'll be like a family reunion. Yeah. We'll all be excited, so excited to finally come together because it's been a long, yeah. it will have been a very long yeah. time coming. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm happy just to keep all the potential dates open in my diary and come at the drop of a hat. That's not a oh, problem good. at all. Oh, good. Because it's That's worth good. it. <laughs> oh, good. It is worth it, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, it's those things, those times when we take time out. And I think um, mm -hmm. 
for my uh, like a boss cruise and my inner circle, uh, we were due to have our uh, August retreat the weekend after your Elevate conference in Brisbane. Um, And three of my like a boss um, heroes uh, in based in Brisbane and so they're actually we're going to have a virtual retreat for them um, but the three of them in Brisbane are going to they're going to retreat together anyway somewhere nice. Oh, nice. jealous I know so I'll be very jealous yes. um, and the rest of us will, will, will just gather you know virtually and, and get mm. be, I'm excited actually to see to see just mm. what gets achieved um, mm. in the virtual mm. format because I think we can actually get quite a bit done mm. Oh, most certainly. My, my last two inner circle retreats now had to be virtual as well. And, mm. you know, in terms of productivity, still 100%, right? In terms of the learning and the values and all of that stuff. But what I miss is the social get togethers and, you know, that type of stuff. Those, yeah. those things that really make the experience so much more special. But it, it is what it is. We all are having to make sacrifices. And when you have amazing yep. clients that understand that that's the case, you know, and that these things are beyond our control, that just makes myself, and I'm sure you as well, so much more grateful for what we do and the amazing people that we get to work with, right? That's exactly um, right. So, so this year is so interesting. There's going to be books written like yours about the year 2020 and all the shit we've had to go through, but also all this stuff that we've learned from it and took away from it, right? Well, that's Um, right. I mean, I I sort of grumble that I've had to put my book writing on hold while I get my energy and and attention level back up to normal. But um, there's actually... Um, you know, the good news is that, you know, watching what's happening in Victoria and the businesses that I will be including as case studies in my book Mm. are going through all of this, you know, fear of a second wave and what's Mm. that going to mean. Um, I had Mm. such a fascinating conversation with um, a restaurateur who was saying that, um, you know, the fact that they were ready to go up to numbers of 50 in their restaurants from the Monday, but got the word on, I think, the Sunday that, that no, we were sticking to 20 in restaurants. He was saying, look, you know, we, all we can do is we know what we're dealing with, like we know what numbers we're going to have, we know that we're booked in advance, we know that those numbers are booked out, um, so we know it's going to be worth our while opening for that many people. Um, and he said, and the good news story is that so far there's been no... Um, no cases linked to mm. hospitality. You know, nobody's caught coronavirus oh. from being in a restaurant, you know. So yes. um, so they're, they're feeling optimistic and positive about mm. what, ha- what will eventually happen and just riding it out. And so many businesses mm. have got clever little side hustles that they've, you know, pivoted mm. into to support themselves during this period mm. of time. So, you know, like, like, you know, those private practitioners who are saying, well, do I... Do I go back to full telehealth? Do I bring face-to-face in? What do I do? I mean, and um, a lot of what I'm talking about at the moment is, is, you know, don't be afraid to hold steady. Don't be afraid yeah. to just stay the course for now because mm. there's still so much that we aren't in control mm. of that we can't know mm. the outcome of. Mm. Um, and if you've got yeah. something new that you're doing for your business and it's working, well, don't give up mm. on that too quickly. Um, yeah. you know, the restaurants that are doing the little at home versions of, of menus, the restaurants that have got little corner mm-hmm. stores, 
Um, yeah. Even beauticians that are offering online tutorials and pay, you know, mm -hmm. little private tutorials. If you've got all that stuff happening, keep those revenue streams going. It's so yeah. Important. Yeah. 100%. Hmm. Hmm. Try and well, write it out. We'll see what comes. <laughs> awesome. Well, it is one o'clock. I know. We should, I, should I should stop talking. <laughs> I should, yeah, I'm drawing the line because we are not here to exhaust your vocal cords. <laughs> so, Thank you. <laughs> it's all good. All good. We know we can talk the whole day. And we already started talking at 12, only went live at 12.15 and That's said, right. hang on, we need to just stop, press live because otherwise we'll still be here chatting by one o'clock. True. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop recording for the podcast. So thank you everyone for joining us on the GNT session. And we expect to be talking to you again in a couple of weeks time. We're hoping that we're back in the swing of things now. So we'll talk yeah. to you again soon. I shall stop recording and... Ciao for now. Okay.